1: Welcome to this JOY 94.9
0: podcast. We want to hear from you. It's time for our listener survey. So head to the JOY website and let us know what you love about the station and your presenters. Maybe you'd like to share your thoughts on JOY's program production team, the volunteers behind JOY podcasts. The results of this survey will assist us in continuing to be the best possible station we can be. Head to JOY.org.au and have your say. JOY 94.9, your voice, your radio station. (laughs)
2: Melbourne's Night of Nights was held on Monday night. The Age Good Food Guide Awards were announced for 2017. I have the guide's editor sitting in front of me about to unveil all manner of news about the selection process Uh, and two winners from the night as well sitting in the studio. Not our usual suspects, I might add. Um, An interesting discussion between now and two o'clock. Stay tuned. Good afternoon. We are talking cravings. Uh, Six minutes past one right here on Joy 94.9. Turn on your microphone, Pete. Uh, It is uh, the day that we celebrate all things uh, good food in Melbourne. The Age Good Food Guide Awards were announced on Monday night. And if you haven't caught up with the news, you're about to. In the studio, the guide's editor, Ros Grundy. Welcome back. We seem to be making a habit of this each year.
0: Let's do
2: that. We can do that. Indeed. Uh, Casey Wall is here from Bar Liberty. Casey, welcome. Thank you. And Katerina Borsato from Katerina's Cucina Ebar, welcome. Grazie. Both of you recipients of awards on Monday night, and I did. I wanted to kick off with a question about surprise, and I sort of I, I asked Roz, was she surprised with the results? She went, well, it, it, Roz, it's a, it's a bit difficult, isn't it, to be surprised?
0: Yeah, when you're really up close to it, it seems like a natural decision. Although, as I said, um, when we were off air. It wasn't until the guide was all done and dusted and someone else from outside looked at it and said, hey, you've got a lot of regional winners this year. And we went, oh, oh, yeah, we do too. So it wasn't a conscious thing, but the regional restaurants have really um, shone in the, in the Good Food Guide this year. Well, they
2: have. You've got uh, Bray at Biragara as Restaurant of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Best uh, Chef of the Year was... Is Aaron uh, Turner uh, from Igni um, in, in Geelong.
0: And he was um, also the... Best new regional. Thank you. Thank uh, you for helping me out there. And also, right. of course, the um, regional wine list of the year has got to go to a regional person, but that yes. was um, Provenance up in Beechworth. Mm.
2: So, yeah, there's a, a very good representation of what's happening in the regions, and I think we should be, be very proud that regional Victoria is so strong.
0: I think it shows the depth of the overall industry here in um, Victoria, mm. that that we have not just fantastic restaurants in the city, which you'd kind of expect in a um, cosmopolitan city like Melbourne. The world's Melbourne. most
2: livable city. <laughs>
0: um, but also that we have really fantastic restaurants out in regional Victoria um, is another good sign, I think, and it shows just how good the, the um, industry is, and it's something that doesn't happen, say, in New South Wales to the same extent, which I'm kind of There's mind. probably
2: one or two in New South Wales, if you look at Muse um, and Biota, and, and it's yeah. probably the, the strength of it. Yeah. We're seeing more and more happen in Victoria, in, in regional Victoria.
0: Yeah. Am I not close enough to the mic there? All right, I'll I'd like talk you up. to be
2: more comfortable, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that, that that sort of kind of is a bit of a surprise. What's the biggest challenge in putting the guide together? I imagine on Tuesday, your your email and your phone might have been running hot. Uh,
0: yes. Mostly people saying, oh, why didn't I? Why did I lose a hat? Or why did I not get a hat?" Those are the main mm. questions, really. And um, and also, why aren't I in the guide? And we made a big change, you know, quite a fundamental change this year by only having places that scored 14 out of 20 or above in the guide, whereas in previous years we've had places at maybe 12 out of 20, mm. 13 out of 20. Um, So a big change. A lot of people got left out, Is that because there's
2: more in the guide?
0: Uh, So what we've done is because we've kind of raised the benchmark for um getting in there it's allowed a, it's freed up a bit of space to have more cafes and bars and cheap eats and i think that probably reflects more how we're all eating now mm. When not many of us can afford to eat in those sort of hatted restaurants
2: mm-hmm. well, on a regular frequently. basis yeah, exactly.
0: no yeah. and so we um so we wanted to expand the options for cafes and bars and cuz we we're, we're eating a lot more in bars as well as um, maybe Casey can talk about.
2: Well, Casey, um, congratulations, first of all, on the award for Bar Liberty. Thank you. Um, what does it mean? Did your phone ring hot on Tuesday morning with, with bookings all of a
3: sudden? Uh, we don't take bookings, so no. <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> guess we we take bookings for like tables of six or more, only because yeah. there's only two tables of six you can really sit at in the yeah. restaurant. It's pretty small. Um, we're working on a, a bigger room upstairs maybe for a private dining room which we should be up in maybe two weeks Mm -hmm. so that's good um we got a lot of congratulations a lot of people inquiring about the wine list which is interesting Mm. um yeah i don't think it necessarily changed anything for us because we've we've locked up and had a pretty good run at it so far yes and you're always busy most of the time.
0: Always busy, but they've also got a crack team. It's not like they're sort of blow-ins who have never done anything Correct. great before. The, the team there. So um,
2: I, um,
0: a lot of ex-Attica people. I was going to
2: say, a lot of ex-Attica. So uh, Banjo-Harris playing Michael Bichetta,
3: yourself. And Manu. Manu, Manu worked at Attica yeah. for a little while. Um, he's my business partner at Rockwell & Sons. Um, we actually have more staff that own the restaurant that we do that we employ so it's like four owners and three which <laughs> three is a good thing your wage back. cost do you imagine is slightly low or is it you've got all got to pay yourselves because uh, you're also mostly mostly it's it's blown out of whack because of banjo's ego but that's yes, a, right <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I told him i'd take one shot at him on owner today, so. there you go. hello banjo um
2: <laughs> katarina you won the, the the service excellence award um I th- was just
1: really humbled. I have to say, it just it wasn't something that I was expecting, because when you go into business, you don't go out expecting to get awards, I guess. And I've been—I think cause there were so many people in the room, and I actually said, "I don't think any of you know who I actually am," you know, which is when you said there were some the not usual subs- yeah. the suspects. Mm. And um, it was quite amazing. And uh, I think people—I've been around for so long that you know you just fall in amongst the cracks, you know, because I'm always there. So it's lovely to be recognised. Thank you. It's
0: very easy, often, to acknowledge the the squeaky wheel or the the new kid the shiny on the block. New thing. You know, it's very easy to go, oh, let's give that service excellence award to some um, bright new thing, and to actually be able to give that award to someone who's been doing beautiful things for a very a long, long time. time and making a lot Thank of you. people happy over many many years.
1: Oh, it was really nice. Thank you. It, it oh, does warm really the heart. Nice. To be honest, I have to say I received a phone call from a lady who must be in her eighties, um, and Ray Sindos from the uh, Mrs. Oh. Sindos June called me, and um, it, you know, I was really emotional because she said to me, Katerina, I just want to tell you that um, thirty years ago that was me. Y- you were me. I know what that feels like. And she said, um, you need to enjoy it because it only comes once. That's what she said to me. And she said, I know what it's like when when they recognise what you do because it's a bit of an ungrateful job sometimes. You turn up, we don't have manicured hands. No. Whether you're sick, you've got to go in and all the other dramas that happen. So, yeah, beautiful.
2: I think it's richly deserved as well. We're going to take a, a, a short little sojourn and be back with uh, Ros Grundy, with Casey Wall and Katarina Bosato. You're on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. Bonjour, I am Gabriel Gatte. You are listening to Cravings with Peter Dillon on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. You are on Joy 94.9. It is a quarter past one. It's 19 degrees outside. The view from my office here is stunning. Uh, A lovely day and I have lovely people in this studio. Katerina Borsato from Katarina's Cachina Eba. Bar. City, uh, sorry the Service Excellence Award winner from the Age Good Food Guide, Casey Wall is here from Bar Liberty. Um, Also an award winner on Monday night, and Ros Grundy, editor of the Good Food Guide, in front of me as well. Um, You were just, Caterina, you hinted about longevity, and I think Ros, the award for the the Legend Award um, that was was presented to the guys from Francois, really sort of emphasises, I think, what Caterina was saying that. I think they've got something like 80% of their staff were there on opening day 31 or 32 years ago. Um, is it hard to sit down and sort of look who who has to be the legend this year?
0: Um, well, each year we've got a, a short list and, and, you, I mean... It, th- you know, they they can go from year to year. So mm. you can have people on your on your short list this year, and you go, oh, they didn't get it this year. All right, we'll put them I forward the for next year. year. Yep. So and um, so it. Wh- That is an award that we make up a short list, we make a case for each person on that award and then we send it to our sponsors and they make a decision on who they think it should go to. So the decision, the final decision is theirs from a short list Mm. that we draw up. So, you know, every year, of course, you're looking for people who have been around for a long time, who have been maintaining their standard for a long time and you can't speak... you know, hire of someone, uh, you know, restaurateurs who have been around for 30 years, Mm. still with the original owner, Mm. with a chef who's been in that kitchen doing the hard yards for 22 mm. years. And
2: before that 22 years, he was a sous chef, I think, before. That's right. So, yes. I've
0: only had two two head chefs in mm, their 30 years, and the... The one who won it, or was the co-winner, yeah. was um, you know still there. It's exactly. amazing,
2: mm-hmm. Casey. How does that strike you? Twenty-eight, thirty years in one place. Oh, as as one of the the modern young crew <laughs> that that Katarina has alluded to, is it is it does that terrify you? would would you find that stilting? Well, he's not answering. Look, <laughs>
1: <if> he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't
3: doesn't terrify me. Um, but I think that. It's kind of a classic, timeless restaurant. Mm. Um, you know what? What we do at Bar Liberty will probably have to seriously evolve over 28 years to stay open for 28 years, or you know, like anyone. Do you think I'll you will be open for 28 years? Yeah. I, I mean, realistically, I'd say no. But
0: uh, but you've already evolved from, in the short time that you've been open. That it's changed a little bit.
3: Yeah, I think. We, I mean, we we just go to work every day and try to get better. Um, not saying we're a perfect restaurant by any stretch of the imagination, but we always talk about what we can improve on, why. Um, it's a really collaborative effort. When I think of a new dish, my I, I mean, I have three really um, well-traveled, knowledgeable people to say yes or no to dishes, and we collaborate. Same thing with cocktails and um, Benji will bring in a wine, like, do we like this? Do we want to sell it by the glass or by the bottle? Um, and stuff like that. So it's pretty awesome to work in that environment, and we kind of collectively grow. It's not just you know, four different egos just pontificating. Well, four, about, four different egos never work. No, no, you'd be pulling, pulling the, the blanket from every direction and <laughs> three people are going to be caught in the night. <laughs> Katarina, have you had to evolve in, in the time you've been in business? Do you sort God,
1: of, yes, I got rid of that disgusting carpet I had there. <laughs> took me years. To be, no, no, no. You know there's always things you hate about the place. Yeah. But, you know, there's the economic reality. Um, I know one restaurateur said to me one day, God, Karen, it must be hard for you because you've got to worry about everything all by yourself. And I have to make decisions by myself because I'm a sole owner. Um, and, of course, as you know, I'm also a mother. So I've got other things and I do my work mm. on community TV, um, which my husband does. He's from a musical background. So I, I wear a couple of hats and we are going to do five lunches a week. So to make it all work... And to get enough money together to funk up the place or get new artwork, it, that takes time. Mm. So, um, you know, yes, I have evolved. I've evolved as a person. I mean, I've just done my first level of sommeliers course in Italy uh, last year, you know, in my 50s. Um, you know, people say to me, how long does it take you to put together one And list? I went, 30 years?
2: Yeah, exactly, because that's got to evolve with Absolutely. changing. How much do, do changing trends influence us, Roz, if you think about... Um Putting together a wine list or, or trying to construct a menu, um, and Casey, I think you had some input on this as well. You know how do we how do we think about um, where those trends come from? Who who do we look to to see? I was talking about bugs and things before. Who do we who do we look to 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 for influence? Do you look to your mates nearby? Do you look overseas? Are you all constantly reading um, books from overseas of what comes next? Where's the where's the inspiration come from?
3: Um, personally, I. I i don't really i mean obviously i respect heaps of restaurants and my friends and stuff and you'll see something they're doing interesting and i think it's disrespectful to you know take that idea and try to copy it or, or replicate it um of course there's some parallels where you make a dish and you think you've created something and then you see on instagram someone's like pretty similar and like with no contact or anything you're like oh how did you not know, I thought I, I thought i was the first one on that one but it doesn't really happen um there's a couple chef friends of mine uh Gregory Llewellyn from Heartshard in Sydney. Um, we, always, we always talk back and forth about dishes. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the bigger groups, you know, there's a lot more brains and stuff to bounce ideas off of. So Greg will text me at 2 in the morning and... I usually reply at 6 a.m. when I get up to go for a ride, and <laughs> that's it. And we'll just uh, we'll talk about ideas. Like, do you think this will work? I say yes or no, and same thing for him. And
0: you draw on your own heritage, and Katarina, I guess you do too. Um, so it's probably some trends, some new ideas, but also some drawing on on your own roots. So would that be
3: right? Yeah, for sure. There's some techniques that I grew up with, I mean, being from the south, that are different, but a lot of that's snuck in. Um, on the back of a really great chef, Sean Brock. Um, he's kind of made those techniques he's more, incredible. yes, we all bow to Sean Brock, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more accessible to the world through, um, through his, his own personal, um, connection as well. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's good to see that stuff coming out in, in around the world and some techniques, but it's, I think now, I don't know. It's, it's collaborative, but it's also, there's so much social media. It's hard to, it's hard to ignore it. Ignore. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: Um, For me, look, you know, my family's Venetian and um, I don't think I realised how much influence my mother and my father, who was one of the early waiters at the Society restaurant, you know, was iconic. And I don't think I realised how important an influence they had on me because I see the cinnamon and the nutmeg and all the stuff coming through my food. It was that was always my mother. And I I don't think I was aware of that until Mm. much later. And when we went back last year to film in northern Italy, um, we filmed this fantastic dish with this woman in Marostica in this town square, which was comfy duck done with all the green herbs and liver and stuff. And I brought that back and it's been on my menu. I can't take it off. I mean, you know, I was just thinking to myself, isn't that funny? It was what my mother used to do. I grew up on a farm with chickens and pheasants Mm. and all that stuff. And suddenly here it is on my menu. So, yes, I do draw upon my, my roots, absolutely.
2: Um, Roz, a question for you first before I open it to the other two. We're we going to see bugs on plates, and I don't mean Belmang or Morton Bay bugs. Um, I got a, an invitation the other day to um, uh, an, an event that's going to be done with things like crickets and, and various other types of bugs. Is that the future of the industry?
0: Look, I in my heart, I I can see an intellectual argument for it because mm. I think... It's got to be more sustainable. They're full of protein and all of that sort of thing. Sure, I can say yes on an intellectual level, but from from my heart, from my gut, no, I don't think so. I just can't see us getting really right on board with bugs in a, in any kind of a big way. Well, I've eaten crickets, mm. and as I think I said, they're delicious if you deep fry them. As is anything really. So Mars bars delicious if you defrost. Yeah, yeah, yeah to but I just, I just don't think that the um, general public are going to accept it widely. I, I'd be interested to know what you guys think,
2: Katarina I'm going to start with you. I, I mentioned snails earlier, and I think they are like a, a bug. Um, and you said the, the Europeans have been eating snails for a very long time.
1: My yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Well, well, for me, snails are very French and they're very Italian. And having grown up a farm in, um, Gippsland, my grandmother, when she was alive, that's what we had. You know, that was it was free, it was inexpensive. So, you know, and you know, it was there. It was part of nature. So we didn't think twice about it. Um, Crickets, I, I, I would, I would find that difficult. I, I think they can be trends, and then you can do some probably amazing snack foods, uh, Casey. But I, I don't know whether it'll be something that's completely long lived. I don't think so, actually.
2: Put a truffled salt on some crickets; it'll taste good. Truffle salt on anything, <laughs> Casey. Um, how does this evolve? You know, from from a, a food van serving some crickets. You know, we know Alex Atala from um, from Doc in Brazil in Sao Paulo has done a um, not Doc Dom, sorry. Uh, pineapple with answers as a dish um, features in, in his book. Is it a direction
3: that we could go in, do you think? I don't think so. Um, only because it's not what a lot of people want to eat. It's too squeamish. It's too, uh, you'll get people eating them, trying them, adventurous. You know, when someone like Rene at Noma says, eat these... Ants, you're going to eat them. You've paid a lot of money. You're not going to skip a course for them. <laughs> so, so, I think they have their they have their place. And um, but it won't. I, I, we were saying all fair that I think, you know, if you start using bugs in a menu, people start saying, "Oh, you're copying Renee, or you're copying Alex, or um, something like that." And I think a lot of the high end chefs, you know, the three hat restaurants, two hat restaurants, want to kind of make their own identity and don't want to be accused of taking. Someone else's idea? Yeah, they're and
0: so conscious of already being compared at that level that if they did something as, you know, obvious as bugs, mm. it would be very easy to level an accusation that they're but, just
2: uh, yeah, I think it was my father who so said there's yeah. no, no such thing as a, a new idea in food, no, is there? that's true. You know, there's there's a limited amount of, of ingredients and a limited amount of ways that you can prepare them Um I, I might be... I don't, I'm know. A, I'm I don't a, know. I'm a, I'm a boring ju- Every year
0: chef. I'm surprised by what chefs are doing with mm. ingredients that we thought we already knew backwards and forwards. And and you were saying about that um, poultry dish, yeah. oh, Katerina, it's something that obviously your people have been doing for a very long time and now people coming to your restaurant maybe never have seen that before and for them that's brand new. And it's brand new. Yeah. Well, but, I
1: I think... I, I don't know if it was Marco Pierre-White that once said that if a great chef can create one dish in his lifetime he's doing really well because let's face it is a rehash of ideas and then you put your spin on it would that be a
3: fair call casey um i think i don't know i, I feel like there's new dishes and new ideas coming out like the the nordic food lab um they're researching stuff all the time and Uh, working with yeast and kojis and bacteria and and, and this. And yeah, these are traditional techniques, but they're being applied in a, in a, in a completely different way in a completely different, I mean, was it, was it Dave? uh, Dave Chang has his own chickpea miso now going on. It, It bottled in probably like whole foods and stuff in the States. Like it's, yeah, it's 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 something that's not traditional, but these techniques open the doors of so much more. Like everything's grounded in technique, but and, you can and create those techniques are grounded in history because that's mm-hmm. the way food was preserved before we we had an, an industrial revolution. And I think I think a lot of the new ideas and the and the guys really pushing the envelope are trying to create something new with technique, mm. not make the best caviar dish or make the the best. You know, you know what I mean, like that's it's not so much. The luxe ingredients now that are getting looked at, it's it's what technique, what can we create, what's our own What's our, our own idea our, and our Interpretation. 28 minutes past one here on Cravings
2: on Joy 94.9. Casey Wall, Roz Grundy, Katerina Bossato with me. There's much more to come. Stay with me. Hi, I'm Manny Feldel, and you are with Pete Dillon on Cravings on Joy 94.9. Yes, you are. It's half past one. Uh, Saturday afternoon, 19 degrees. Beautiful day in Melbourne, and a beautiful day right here in the studio. We are talking... Um, about the Age Good Food Guide Awards, Ross Grundy is the editor is here uh, in front of me. Jared De Blasi from EZARD was um, the winner of the um, the Young Chef of the Year. What, what's the process?
0: Um, so every year, the um, the, sh- the chefs who think that they are they have what it takes apply, and I send them out an application form. And basically, they have to kind of write a little not an essay about themselves but they have to fill in a bit of a sheet who their influences are who they'd like to work with in five years or where they see their se- themselves so you know they really have to think quite deeply about their role what where they're going what they what they're all about and articulate that which you know for some chefs is That's
2: very difficult quite, to do. Yeah. quite
0: difficult for mm. them i mean Anyway, it is quite a difficult thing. And they um, send us a photo of a signature dish and tell us a little bit about how that evolved and so on. So it's the initial stage is a um, an application form and we sift through those and we pick the ones. I, I shortlist them down to about 10 or 12 and send that to our judging panel, which every year is chaired by Arla Wolf-Tasker from mm-hmm. um, Lake House, who just works so hard at it and takes it so seriously I oh, just mm-hmm. God bless her
2: she does that with everything I everything know she, about Ella she is, gives 110 yeah. percent to
0: everything yeah so Allah uh, and and then the other judges um changed year by year depending on their commitment so often it's um Andrew McConnell but because he had the new restaurant on the way he he didn't do it this year but
3: He's always got a new restaurant. I know, pretty yes, much every year. When, yeah. How does
0: he do it? But anyway, that's another story. I used to make a joke story. about
2: Karen Martini. Every time I spoke to her, it was either a new baby or a new book. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and now it's the same with Andrew. Yes. Mm.
0: Um, and this year we had um, Frank Camora from Movida and um, Philippe Michel, the great Philippe Michel, judging, um, and also Jemima Cody. This year we had someone from the age on that panel because mm. in the past we've always had um, the three chefs, but we wanted someone really who would then be able to tell the story afterwards, know what went on in that um, discussion room, and, and they they call of all of their shortlisted shortlisted chefs in and grill them. And, boy, they give them quite a grilling. Mm. <laughs> and um, from that list, they decide who are the um, the finalists. And it was Jared de Blasi from Ezzard, as mm. you say, this and quite
2: year. And quite an esteemed group of, of young chefs. Yeah. Um, Buddha Lowe from... Mateo's. Mateo's. Um, Oh, now Jake
0: my. Kelly from yeah. um, Lakeside Mill. Mm. Who else? I'm not gonna. I'm going to forget some, and and it's not because they weren't terrific. Um, Ved from Tonka. Yes. Um. Gosh, I can't I've, remember the I other one. I should oh, have was, the list um, in the in front of young me.
2: fellow from Omai oh again? Was um, he in there? From yeah, from B- yeah,
0: he may have yeah, been Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yes. Uh, whose name I forget. There's three brothers out there. Fantastic. Young Bert and Shelley Is it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and if we look at if we look at the past few years, um, I think um, Josh Pelham was the young shift the year fifteen. He's mm-hmm. now working for the Hellenic for George, That's formerly right. with Scott Pickett, um, Daniel Wilson, Daniel He's Wilson, Huxterburger Huxterball Collective. Um, I'm just trying to think who was it. Was it uh, from the Town Mouse, 2016?
0: Mm, yes, he's overseas and unfortunately wasn't able to collect his award last year because he'd buzzed off overseas for yes. his.
2: What's his name, Casey? Remember? George. That's him. Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah, George Tomlin. Um, so it's, it's a really good stepping stone.
0: Yeah, it is a really good stepping stone. There's, in was Sydney, Adam there's Silva, a. Silver
2: was the Young yes, Chef of the Year?
0: I think he was. Um, About 100 years ago. Oh, that's not kind. I'll, I'll tell him you said oh, that. Oh, no, I'll tell him well. right. <laughs> um, No, there have been some terrific people over the years. Um, and it's really only about the glory. They don't get any money or anything, they really only get a pat on the back, okay. which I'd love to be able to put money behind it. We just need a sponsor who is willing to stump up, maybe give them an airfare over to Europe mm. to, so they can do some stages or something like that. That'd be awesome. So any sponsors out there, step forward. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It is a nice pat on the back, though, to mm. get that recognition.
2: It is. Casey, from your point of view, those you probably know most of these young chefs because you I assume you guys hang out in the industry in, in somewhere. You have or another. so much
0: free time, don't you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: At three o'clock in the morning, when everybody else is trying to sleep, um, is it is it presti-
3: is it considered by the the industry as prestigious? Um, I don't. I mean, I'm yeah, yes, because it gets a lot of buzz around it. Uh, I haven't been in Melbourne entirely long. It's not something I came up with. I, I maybe I don't fully understand it, but it, everyone talks about it. and It's very congratulatory, and people are pretty...
2: Well You would imagine that if somebody came and knocked on your door and said, I want a job, and I'm the 2016-2017 Young Chef of the Year, is that going to influence your decision in hiring them? Depends on the
3: role. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, it can't, it can't hurt. I mean, you, you, once you win that award, your name's out there, yeah. and people are going to start keeping you in the back of their mind when they're looking at places, um, and... Katarina, would you would it well, make a difference to you?
1: Well, I, I think that um, when anybody ever applies for a job, I always look where they've worked, and I always cross cross check it. Now mm. I know there's always two sides to every story, but if you see you know a, a well known restaurant that you actually believe in and you know they've been doing a good job, well you know you're, you're going to push them up that list. Mm. You know, provided that they, they fit into the team and everything else. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think that they're important. Sometimes, as I said, it's a very thankless job. They do these gruelling hours in the, in the kitchen, and it's nice. when It's their time to shine. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you know, give the moustache overseas. I mean, when they're young. That, I mean, I wish I had that when I was coming through the ranks.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Is there any elitism associated with the guide?
0: Oh, uh,
1: yeah, probably. A perception
2: of elitism?
0: I, I would think so. I mean, I think that people would think that, oh, I can't afford to eat in those restaurants. It's only ever the um, expensive restaurants that win the awards, blah, blah, blah. Which well, that's, you know, just, that's
2: bloody common sense, though. That well,
0: um, and also, oh, you only ever have places in the inner city winning awards. Well, you know, the fact is most of the really good places are in the inner city. Mm. If you're a great restaurateur, you're not going to um, necessarily set up in Pakenham as your first choice unless there's a particular reason, reason. you're looking mm-hmm.
2: at that. I used to have a bit of a bitch each year and I, I think I was quite public with you as as well as Jan, the previous editor, around um, the fact that there was there were rarely any women nominated for Chef of the Year. Mm. Um, I know Philip Pescibly was in there this year from Syracuse and I was very pleased to see that. Um, is that simply by virtue of the fact that there's not a lot of women...
0: No, I think as I said to you last mm. year, we would love to be giving those awards to more women, um, but there aren't very many women who keep going at that level um, mm. to be in those in those kitchens. So the the criteria for chef of the year. Mm. So I can read it to oh, you, there you if go. you like. I have it on my little scruffy <laughs> piece uh, of paper. You knew I was going to go here, didn't <laughs> no, you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I just happened to have it. So it, to acknowledge those with the craft and ability to make a real difference to the way we dine now and in the future. So it is about um, a bit of a legacy. It is about being a bit influential. So it's... It is more likely to go to a chef who's doing something different. Doesn't have to be a man, doesn't have to be a woman, just someone who's. It's
2: a merit rather than merit. a. Merit. Yeah. yeah. Casey, are there enough women in kitchens in your mind that that could be elevators at that level? If we look overseas and think about um, some of those incredible women who are who are shaping the way Europeans eat, are we going to get to that point, do you think? Are we going to catch up?
3: Uh, there, ten, there seems to be more. Females in kitchens now mm-hmm. than there was when I started cooking um, you know there's there 's been an, a thousand articles about why there aren 't women yeah. at the, at the top um, i, I won 't rehash any of those uh, i think I think there will be uh, I do believe that the industry is changing and it 's not as not as sexist i won 't say it isn 't sexist but because you 'd be wrong if it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it, I, but i do i do there 's a lot of really young um, Female cooks that I know that are that I'd be interested to see what they're doing in a few in a few years once they've gone through the the ranks of learning mm-hmm. everything. Rosa, just before I come to Katarina on the same question, were there any nominations for Young Chef of the Year
2: from women?
0: No, women. Not one single woman nominated herself okay. for Young Chef of the Year. And I, this next year, I would. I'd love to put a special call out for young women to put themselves forward because why aren't they putting themselves forward? What is it about their maybe lack of confidence or their lack of encouragement for them from the places that they're working that they're not putting themselves forward?
2: And I think there's, there's enough industry listeners to the program that, that will take that on board.
0: If you know a talented young woman... Under thirty, as of something like September thirtieth next year, yeah. who is you think's a real gun? Please mm. encourage them to apply for that. I'd love it,
2: Katarina. I'm assuming you're you're, you're sitting there nodding. You'd, you'd want to see a female chef of the year.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I think about when I started, and it was a really um, male-dominated world. You know, I came down to Melbourne from the country when I was seventeen and started, and um, I. I can honestly say I had a really rough ride. It mm. was really, I was beaten around the head because um, as a woman, I think it was very different. Now women have a, a lot of respect out there because it's about their craft. Um, whether it is because they go away and have babies, because it's, let's face it, if that's something that you do do, and look, lots of my girlfriends don't have babies, but if it's something, it's going to give an interruption to your career. Mm. and of course to be at the top of your career you, you can't have interruptions that's the problem
2: but i want to think back to because i think you and i are of a reasonably similar vintage
1: i think i'm older than you uh, not, not
2: by much <laughs> um there are there were incredible women around when when i was an apprentice chef there was stephanie alexander yeah. there was tansy there was Mietra o'donnell yeah. there was a, a coterie of a very um prominent,
0: prominent chefs and prominent, restaurateurs yeah,
2: that were women um and it that that's sort of why I'm I'm curious that it seems to have paled in, in in the last couple of decades, and there's probably less women we can talk about on a national stage even, mm. um, apart from the you know, Karen Martini and Kylie Kwong, Chrissy Manfield. Um, there's probably a dozen female chefs at 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 that level. Um, I I would dearly love to see a, a, a bigger coterie of female chefs because mm. I think they're probably better than blokes in the kitchen. The fact- as a, as a as a former chef, I. Quite comfortable in saying that.
0: Some of the um, awards overseas, though, the um, world's 50 best and so on, often have a special category, best female chef. And the fact that you have to <laughs> have a special category... It says a lot about where the industry yeah, is at. And yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I also think that when you were talking about that, when you were naming those women, of course, they were in fairly upmarket, iconic restaurants. What's happening out there is that the market is now changing. Mm. And so you can have amazing chefs in cafes in bars. That, I, I think that there's a changing market out there which will actually help women. Mm.
2: And we can have cafes with uh, red ants on scrambled eggs for breakfast, Casey.
3: Mm. It'll happen before another three-hand restaurant puts ants on dishes. There you go, there's a prediction. You heard Seven, it eight, here first. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> 17 minutes
2: to, to your own cravings here on Joy 94.9. Hi, I'm Anna De Silva, and you're listening to Cravings with Pete Dillon on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy ninety four point nine. Uh, it's a quarter to two. We are talking the Age Good Food Guide, and I have with me um, Ros Grundy, who is the editor for the Good Food Guide, uh, Casey Wolf from Bar Liberty and Rockwell and Sons. I should have said that earlier because you you juggle two kitchens. Yeah, kind um, of.
3: mostly mostly Bar Liberty. Now we have a really good team um, at. At Rockwell, Blake's the head chef there now, um, and he's been a friend of mine for a few years, and he's absolutely killing it, and yeah, having a blast. So. Excellent, and
2: Caterina Bosato from Caterina's Cucina e Bar, um, who is the Service Excellence Award winner, and not one of the not one of the new kids on the block. We can Aww. happily say, I think, without offending you.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely not, and uh, as I said, I'm sure there were a lot of people there that night that didn't even know who I was, and uh, so thank you. I have to really thank the guy. I think one thing I did say was the fact that I've been, this is my second business, but They've, they've been kind enough to put me in the guide every year of my business life and uh, that is actually a really big deal for me personally. You, we, we don't sit out looking for accolades and awards. Um, the fact that I can stay in business um, is probably the most important thing to me at this point mm. and you're also mentoring lots of people and that's, that's such a buzz for me because I'm getting towards the end of my working life. You know, I'm not in the middle of it. I'm in my 50s. No, no. But, you know, that's the reality. Getting home at 2 a.m., Pete, that's killing me.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm hearing you. (laughs) I I have a night at an event, and if I'm not home by midnight, I feel like I'm going to just turn into a pumpkin. There you (laughs) go. Which is probably Uh, explained... After
0: the Age Good Food Guide Awards, normally I would um, kick on, but I was... Absolutely emotionally drained and wiped out and I didn't kick on and
2: I shouldn't have kicked on but I did oh
0: dear, I, I would have loved to have I but no, there you go I
2: was I'd walked out the door of the awards and I was sort of thinking I was on my way home and there was a taxi and there was people hanging out of the taxi saying come on we're going to the same place we went last year and uh, a number of Negronis and vodkas later I was still going and I got up to work on Tuesday morning I went to work and walked into the office and thought, "Oh god, I really shouldn't be here <laughs> i've not had enough sleep mm-hmm. um, Cafe of the year, best cheap eats those sorts of awards that that um, have made their way into the guide and not um, are not the high end no. restaurants that we've we've become used to. How important is that representation for small business
0: I imagine From a marketing perspective, it's probably very important for them. They probably don't get as much recognition, obviously, as uh, Restaurant of the Year or Chef of the Year, but it is a nice pat on the back Mm. for any of those businesses that are, you know, doing the same sort of work, um, you know, on a smaller scale.
2: Well, Casey, from your point of view, you're a small business. How many seats?
3: Ooh at Bar
2: Liberty currently we have 36 so that's a, you're a small operation in, in the big scheme of things yes. um, you talked about there's, there's a nice bit of congratulations about them it, I assume as people thumb through the guide it's only been out a, a week as people thumb through the guide they're going to go oh Bar Liberty I haven't tried that it's in the guide I'm going to go and check it out
3: yeah we've gotten some new customers in it's been um, 50-50 whether they I wouldn't say enjoyed it or understood what we were doing it's a 50-50 if they understand what we are trying to do at, at Bar what, the, what is it you're trying to do at Barleybuddy? Uh, give, give me an elevator pitch. We're just <laughs> <laughs> we're just making stuff that we want to eat and serving it with wine and cocktails that we want to drink and beers. Um, and I think yeah, it's, it, 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 there's a bit of education with Banjo and his wine list and what he wants to do for um, what he's passionate about in the in the in the and wine. How many religion. of his wines are natural orange? Oh, they don't have to be orange to be natural. How many of the wines are natural wines? <laughs> I would say there's. It was. It's probably about a fifty-fifty split over a, a two hundred um, bottle list, and you can get anything. There's classics there. It's not all yeah. natural wine. Yeah. You can have. Yeah. I'm
2: quite. I'm quite funny about these natural wines because I've. I've tasted very few that are decent. Most of them taste and smell like old shoes.
0: If I, I if I, I maybe le- a traditionalist. Yeah. <laughs> if I leave it to the uh, sommelier to. To um, suggest something to me, I always say, "Look, can you give me a wine that doesn't taste like a cider?" Yeah, because I yeah, I'm not crazy about the really. No,
2: no, Caterina, you're not either.
1: um, Look, what is interesting for me is that there's a a, a large percentage of people that are cut out from those lists because they don't get them, they don't know them, they get scared. Yeah, Um, you know, and I'm in the industry, I know a little bit, but I think that. You know is, is it more geared towards the people in the know?
3: No, no, I think I think in a city this size that people are um, are curious and they want to learn about new things and if people um, we're there to interact in, and tell you what we like and it's if you go in there with an open open mind, you're gonna have a good time. If you insist on drinking the things you've drank for ten years then it's probably not the place to come to because if you ask for a 71 blanc it's not going to be what you expect well nobody yeah. should be drinking Sauvignon blanc anyway. <laughs> um that probably brings us to making
2: decisions around wine list of the year sommelier of the year what's again how our industry is as much about the 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 drinking experiences is about the food experience and how those two interweave and marry together um how do you how do you sit down and determine what's a good wine list?
0: Actually, this year we introduced a wine panel for the first time for exactly that reason mm. because I felt a bit underqualified. I haven't had your sommelier training, Katerina, or, um, and I felt that I needed the support of a wine panel. So we had three sommeliers. Who did you um, choose? We have uh, Dave. Uh, sorry, Dan Sims, uh, Lara. Oh, gosh. What's her name? Caraturo.
2: Caraturo. Caraturo.
0: Um, and we had Nick Stock. So, mm. so um, people three, who...
2: Three very smart wine minds. Yeah. And it
0: was really good to have their input. They um, they were looking at the wine. I, I put forward some that I thought could be contenders, and they discussed them, and we sort of acquired, uh, arrived at a solution. Yeah.
2: So, um, wine list of the year for Marion in Fitzroy, really one of Andrew McConnell's. That's right. Yes. Um, the sommelier of the year, Jordan Ma, who um, was previously at dinner. Yep. And before that.
0: I'm not sure where he was before the that. The Dog's
2: Bar in St Kilda.
0: Seriously, right. Mm. There you go. There
2: you go. Um, and the regional wine list of the year, uh, the Providence at Beechworth. I was actually surprised because I know how good the wine
3: list is at the Royal Mail. Yeah. And I think the oh, wine and, and, and the lake house is equally as good.
0: They were on our mm. list, for mm. sure, yeah.
3: So, Michael's a friend of mine. I think he, The cool thing about his wine list is it's... Not just wine. There's a lot of interesting wow. beverages on there, like sakis and, and things that. Like, Shochus and, and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like... That
0: she, he... he, she. he um, because he's got that Michael Ryan mm, at Providence, Providence that is. Yes. Um, he he has um, a, a long-standing love affair with Japan and has spends a lot of time there. He goes mm. there every year, um, and he's really made it his business to find out about sake. But his wife is also a winemaker, and mm. so equally she shares the um, responsibility, or possibly it's more hers. I'm not entirely sure um, for choosing the the wines and the sake and so forth on their list so they've they've got really really interesting drinks that suits michael's very interesting blend of Mm -hmm. sort of european technique and japanese technique and 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 ingredients and so on um so yeah it's fantastic and Casey,
2: is it more fun matching food to things like sake
3: and shochu every i I feel like um people should remove the this idea that food has to be matched with wine. And and if it's not matched with wine, then it's a cheaper alternative. There's cocktails, beer, wine... Whiskey. Whiskey, yeah. Every, every, there's, there's much better pairings out there than just wine and food. Not oh, saying I agree. That. Food and beverage. Mm. Yeah, that's, and that's what we push for at, at liberty it's not just a wine bar we tried mm. not to say that when we opened but uh, people call you know it, yeah guilty it is, your honor it it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, i mean it is it's a wine focused bar but there's as much it's a beverage bar uh, um, yeah uh, i think i, I don't
0: know that term will catch on though keep bar. working on yeah, that it's a beverage bar I'm i, th- I
3: think we bar. said on our instagram it says a place for people to drink everything so that's right mm. That's, that's better. It's an omnibar <laughs> rather than a baby bar. Katarina, do you do you pay particular
2: attention to to making sure your list is
1: well? What I've noticed. So we have to remember we are Monday to Friday lunches. Yeah. So and,
2: and your point is.
1: <laughs> but the point is that you're they're not doing cocktails at lunch so much. We have lots of spritzers and negronis. That's the easy bit, but they're not coming in for cocktails. Um, but wine is big business at my place. Um, and 20 years ago, I remember very clearly starting with a list that was 35 bottles of wine, and uh, somebody came in and said to me, Katerina, we would love to come and celebrate with you, but you just don't have a big enough list. We want French on there, we want, you know, Burgundies, and we want the Italians anyway. So slowly I've increased the list, and what's happened for me is that there's been a real um, shift against Shirazes and Cabernets, Going to be honest. We sell... Pinots and Italian wine—that's what we sell—and mm. not just Chiantis and Nebbiolos. Mm. We're moving down into Etna wines and Puglia wines, where my husband comes yeah. from. I mean, you know, it's a change, and I've actually had to learn myself. So, yeah. How fascinating! Yeah, it is. and, I'm, and I'm, are they better with the food? Is that the absolutely. reason? Yeah, absolutely. And stuff that you've never heard of. I oh, see.
2: That's why I love finding wines that are. Yeah. just completely out there. Saparavi is one of them. It's a Georgian wine. You, should, you should look into the natural wines.
3: The whole world. <laughs> yeah,
2: very good, Casey. Okay, so you know I will fail in that regard. Um, yeah, so when I first discovered Agruner um, I was just like, wow, this is yeah. celery and white pepper that I can taste in a glass. It's quite... Yeah. Um, it, was, it was quite a revelation because I drank for a long time really shit wine.
1: Yeah, and also the thing is, it's once again what you talked about before about pairing it with food. So if you're just going into a bar and you just want a wine, I think people will be more adventurous. Mm. Whereas I guess with the pairing it with food, you've got to make sure that it works too. So yeah, but it, it's great.
2: And, but there is no such thing as the perfect match. I mean, we've spent years having Pinot Noir with, with duck or or, yeah. or pork belly and we've drank you know Shiraz with a piece of beef and we've had... Riesling with some prawns or some seafood. I mean, that, none of that should exist anymore. No, all I think I think it's what, what your palate tells you and what you enjoy.
1: I don't put Sauvignon Blanc by the glass. I start to shake. <laughs> That's all I know.
3: <laughs> We've had one, and it was skin contact. It was great. It's delicious.
2: I actually had a, a Sauvignon Blanc in a winery in New Zealand, um, and I, don't, I think most Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc on my palate, and this is not a judgment, tastes like sweat. I had one in New Zealand that had six months on wood that was restrained and beautiful and almost poetic and I thoroughly loved it and it was it was an epiphany mm. because I'd spent so long saying New Zealand have Blanc tastes like shit to me mm. and then, of course, I was proven wrong. And that's always going to be the case, I think, with any palate. Guys, we have to go. Um, Roz, you deserve an award for... for the effort that goes into this and in staying thin because <laughs> uh, yeah. I imagine you eat a lot of food.
0: I do eat a lot of food. Congratulations on that. Fantastic <laughs> guide.
2: Casey, congratulations on the award to you and the team. Yeah, you. I don't
0: think you've mentioned the award. Can I just quickly yeah. say it's the Don Levy Fitzpatrick oh, yes. Award named Levy, after the late Don Don Levy, and lamented uh, Don Levy Fitzpatrick. We
2: talked Dogs Bar already. It's a uh, he was a fine man. I actually remember meeting him a couple of times as a young man I and mean, being quite impressed. So yes. it's a great award to have, and it's, it's for a bar that has food. Yeah, um, that's right. Don Levy changed the way we think about eating, yeah. drinking and eating. So congratulations. Really? And Katarina, I think uh, a long and richly deserved award um, for you. Congratulations. Well done.
1: Thank you. I'm really, really happy. And thank you once again to the guide. It's just that little tick. It doesn't change what I do every day. but No. It just, it's it just means keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you.
2: <laughs> The Escape Pod will take you travelling very shortly. I'll be back next Saturday. Until then, have a fine afternoon. Enjoy this beautiful weather. You have been on Cravings. I'm Pete Dillon and this is Joy 94.9. Thank you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9.
0: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.